Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. For those of you who are new to Radio Islam, we welcome you. This is a great night. If this is your first night, we're a live call and talk show broadcasting from Chicago on WCEV 1450 AM. And you can listen to our live stream at www.wcev1450.com. Remember, folks, you can also find us now on the TuneIn app at WCEV. Now, if you haven't already done so, keep up with us on social media by following and liking us on Facebook. Oh, don't, don't take away the music. I, I, I need that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so if you haven't already done so, keep up with us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. Now, if you have a comment or question you would like to pose throughout tonight's discussion, we would love to hear from you at 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. Um, Got to give a quick shout out for our book club uh, before we get into tonight's show. Uh, this month, our reading is Servants of Allah, African Muslims Enslaved in the Americas. And this is by um, uh, Sylvan uh, Doof. And we're, we're going to be having our conversation on that reading next Friday. So if you haven't started reading, make sure you get to reading so you can join in the conversation. You can tweet us, uh, inbox us, post on our Facebook page, or just call in. All right, Radio Islam family, I am joined in studio by Bubba Murray. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. That's right, which means it is time for Movie Talk with Bubba and Tariq. Now, we talk about more than just movies, movies, television shows, skits, documentaries, uh, whatever it is, right? But um, that's really a long title, so we try to keep it simple. Yeah, that's, that's the thing you have to do. you got to be pithy, short, and yes. it has some punch to it. Movie <laughs> talk works. So I've mentioned before that Bubba is an award-winning writer, director, hailing from Oak Park, Illinois. His background includes receiving the ABC Writing Fellowship, writing for Desperate Housewives, participating in the NBC Diversity Scene Showcase twice, and being accepted into the Fox Writing Initiative. Most recently, his short film, Robox, won the best children's film in the 2017 International Black Film Festival. Bubba serves here as both lead content and social media director for Burma Task Force. Sounds good. That works. All right. So as for me, I've spent about 30 years in community theater as a member of the Sun Theater under the tutelage of the one and only Zakia Alameen, one of the best uh, drama and theater arts instructors in Chicagoland. And yes, that is my mother. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into a movie that is that has made a huge splash that people have been waiting uh, to, to hear about, waiting to go see, that you and I both had the chance to see last night. Yes, yes. Uh, and we're talking about Black Panther. So if you have not seen it, I, I almost, I mean, we, we don't want to give away too much, but. Considering it's officially been out about five minutes yeah. <laughs> and made about almost $200 million. Yeah, already, already. I mean, it broke the box office records for, single, uh, for, uh, for, for a single day in the U.K. already, uh, box office receipts. And I know, uh, I think Fandango had said that it had the most pre-sales of any of their Marvel films. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about a movie that is going to, um, that's going to already is out the gate breaking, uh, just, just setting a ridiculous pace. Right, because I think as of today, and then first official day from pre-sales alone, they're, they're at about $160 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's definitely going to break records for at least films in February. Yeah, yeah. And we know, of course, we're at the beginning of the year, but it's it's still looking really, really good, really good. So, um, so man, where, where do we start at? Number one, I gave the, um, the khutbah, the, uh, the sermon today for prayer. And one of the things, and, and it's funny because I heard when I came in uh, in the office today, I heard mm -hmm. that Black Panther was a part of the, uh, the khutbah uh, at I'm not sure if it was downtown Islamic Center or, or what masjid it was, but it came mm -hmm. up as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was in quite a few of the of today's sermons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe a lot of 
a lot of groups, schools, communities are going to be talking this, talking up this movie. I mean, besides it being just a fun ride, it, it is it is significant a lot with having a predominantly African American cast. You've got an African American director. You've got a female cinematographer. Yeah, and it's a positive message across the board. So, so this is something people are going to want to see. Yeah, and and what struck me one of the reasons that I had to bring it up and I mean I didn't go on and on about it but I had to mention that the importance of seeing yourself on film seeing yourself not just in the story but but uh but achieving in yes. the story right doing well um not as a victim waiting for someone to come save you that is tremendous yes and I mean and that's one of the things I loved about this movie uh just a little background. Yeah, yeah. Just for us to say that this is set predominantly in the fictitious African nation of Wakanda. Mm -hmm. But one of the things about Wakanda is to the to the global audience in the in this Marvel universe, Wakanda appears to be a a land of just farmers and goat herders with no money. One of these countries that uh, our president he seems yes he seems to frown upon yeah but in actuality they're they're holding up this disguise because they don't want this influence from the outside world but they happen to be the most technologically advanced country in the world okay so ibrahim just he just he just held up a paper that the rotten tomato score is 97% what right so you know, those you know what i'm thinking that's exactly what i'm thinking who are these 3% who are they? And well, when you just jumped in there, I remember when it was first tracking, when it went to ninety nine percent. Yeah. The first guy, and I forgot his name, who gave it a negative review. He gave it a negative review mm -hmm. because he said that they weren't beating up enough bad guys. <laughs> and then, because and, I read most of it, and said it's positive influence. You know, they broke the mold. But for a superhero movie, he needs to be fighting more people. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out which movie did he see. And also, but then on the other hand, I can understand he doesn't understand the significance of the fights that they did have in that movie right. because this was not the type of movie where they had thrown in armies of evildoers. Right. This wasn't, he's not going up against S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is for those of you who are familiar with these Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. is this huge organization that usually the Avengers or Marvel people are going after. So it's like an army. Yeah. This you were going after some bad actors. So they were specific individuals. However, these individuals carried significant influence, whether it be within the Wakanda community or the world at large. So there may have been two or three individuals that they were going after, but it didn't cut down on the uh, action uh, the action factor. Right. And there were some elements of internal strife. So technically, they weren't fighting bad guys. They were fighting each other. However, mm -hmm. in black history, and I think this is this was deliberate. Right. They pit us against ourselves. Absolutely. And absolutely. And that's something that they brought out about colonialization and how you can't let those influences affect how you perceive yourself. And you know what? This was as much a movie about, not necessarily about a superhero or a fictitious land or uh, any of those things. It was as much a movie about uh, politics uh, and isolationism uh, and trying to, because that, that was central to everything, everything centered around a, the decision from the, the first king Correct. Um, and his decision to try and bring back uh, his his brother, uh, who had who had taken the man. I feel like I'm just spilling all the beans right now. So right, just so just a general yeah, spoiler we'll alert. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's going down. It's happening right now. All right. So, um, but the the whole idea of bringing him back because he was taking there this valuable, this incomparable metal, the most valuable metal. Uh, on the planet, in addition to their weaponry, correct, right? Yes. Um, and they was taking. He was saying, "Okay, you got to come back to Wakanda. You can't be here." But he had the idea that he wanted to use that military might for the uh, uh, to to free those 
who were oppressed, right? So, like I said, it, it's as much about isolationism uh, and the effort to, to remain isolated uh, without people knowing the true potential uh, that was at the, at, the, at the seat of this. And I see a lot of correlation between, wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but between right now uh, our current administration uh, and some of the de- some of the decisions that are being made, I don't want to go off the deep end into. Well, well, it's well. I see what you're saying because I like to think of there's some ideas of, let's say, active versus passive uh, revolutionary behavior, mm-hmm. and so the, the character you're talking about or or the scene the the conflict that sets this emotion right. again is about an African society that has protected itself, and then. It falls on this. Where is your responsibility to the global community or to your, to your brothers in arms? Yeah. Uh, to borrow from another Marvel movie, there's a theme of with great power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yep. So where does that responsibility lie? So so this movie does go right along with all, a lot of the other Marvel projects where it's I've got the power. Do I use my power to help others or? outside of my my sphere of influence, my family, my close people, or do I expand and try and help everybody at the risk of exposing myself? And so Wakanda, mm. they start off by trying to protect themselves by not presenting themselves as this world power because of they've seen how colonialization works or conflict. Colonialism, I, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. So when they recognize that when people see something that they can offer, they won't try to work in concert with them. They will try to overthrow them and take it all almost like a virus. So they, they decided to hide. And in doing that, they, be, they thrived. Mm-hmm. But at the same vein, or on the other hand, they witnessed other people being you know, crushed under this boot of racism and tyranny. Yeah. So at what point do you stop and do you act? That's one of the big themes in this movie. Well, and you know, that's something that I've always, always appreciated about this, uh, this universe, this world that Stan Lee um, has created. And once again, another shout out for Stan Lee because he showed up. He did. Once again, in a movie. I mean, he, I guess he'll just continue doing so. so. And uh, you know what? I really liked his cameo on this one, yeah. too. He was ultra cool. I, I think <laughs> he felt he had to up the, the cameo cool factor. Yeah. But I appreciate uh, the, the dialogue that comes for any, from anybody who's seen, uh, even from the X-Men, you know, how, uh, how um, Professor X and Magneto, they were two different sides, that he based them off actual civil rights leaders. You know, Magneto right. was Malcolm X and uh, Professor X was uh, Dr. King. Uh, so looking at this, I don't know who you would say who, who is what, but there's, uh, there's a conversation I think that comes up where we look at this idea of a, of a reality that might have been, a civilization that might have been had, uh, had those who are in Africa uh, and if you've studied any of these societies, you know that these were not communities that were simply just agrarian, um, just hunter-gatherers. These were it, quite advanced uh, societies, if you look back uh, in the history. What would be their present-day situation had they been left unmolested, right? And I think Wakanda right. is, is a bit of a, it's, it's kind of a, a represent, representation of that. So when you have that, that 3% we're talking about, yeah. I feel Losers. like, <laughs> yeah, but I feel these are the people who, again, they're looking at other movies and they want to just see this, they, they want to totally uh, personify the, the bad guy. They've got to have this, this individual where this movie, part of the, part of what motivates our villain is the social uh, wrongs that are going on. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a clear villain. You have a villain that, for much of the audience, they identify with what he's doing and why he's doing it. Right. So, you, which is great because you can sympathize with him and you can almost cheer for him. You just know he's going about it in a crazy way, but he's not some crazy uh, psycho individual 
who you can't have any sort of sympathy for this this villain has had trauma he's been he's dealing with abandonment issues mm-hmm. and he sees this as a way for him to right wrongs right yeah uh so and we're talking about michael b jordan's character uh character uh killmonger yes eric killmonger yeah eric killmonger and now now it was really never resolved his his concerns his father's concerns in my opinion were never really resolved uh and their their contention was that we need to use our might our ability to free all of these people who have been oppressed by those who have colonized, by those who have had imperialistic uh, designs. We need to use what we have. So they didn't see themselves. I don't think they saw themselves as being in danger. They just basically kind of looked at themselves, we just want to be left alone. We don't want anybody bothering us because they realized that their technology was far superior to, to that of anybody else's in the world. But see, I, that's, I differ a little bit because I don't think, maybe they did not feel they were in danger of being taken over by force, mm-hmm. but I feel that they felt their culture would be uh, jeopardized. So all of us, and, and in that sense, that insidious flow of ideal of just gimme, 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 and then all of a sudden you find yourself losing your uh your resources because they'd be dealing with a global society, a global economy, not just Wakanda or their, their villages or their tribes. So I, I, I'm again, I don't think that all their concerns were, were addressed. And I think that's what adds to the, the conflict for all the characters. But I think they were concerned about what happens when these people come in, even if they didn't have, as much firepower as we did, they'd find a way. Well, you know what? Their concern seemed to be more, and it's funny, the, the political, the actual themes that we see um, that we're talking about today, in, you know, in today's political discourse. And one of those was immigration. And he said, well, look, we can go out, and if you want to go out and let's just get the bad guys and stop them, that's one thing. But bringing them in here... Right. That's a completely different because we bring in their problems. That and that's what the one of the characters. Was yeah, yeah, about. yeah, and and that's interesting because that's a sentiment held by a lot of people uh, today who feel like by bringing in people uh, w- and and not thinking that uh, having them matriculate into our system is a possibility. Instead, they say, "Well, no, they'll come in and and everything is gonna 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 you know." See, go 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 to the dogs. Yeah, I mean, I think we're used to seeing this form of nationalism just from the the white perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's another interesting thing about this movie. You have this black nationalism. Yeah. And again, many audiences they just take it for granted that people don't want that sort of uh, that white Western uh, uh, the, the the white Western uh, philosophy to rule or, or, or to be the mainstream ideal of that civilization. Mm-hmm. So they're pushing hard to maintain what they consider to be their, their pure Wakandan values. And when you're hidden that long, you see that, that that's, that's where, again, this, this, nation, this nationalism, this sort of prejudice builds. Right. But I thought it was an interesting take, again, for these characters to have this. And it's mirroring what we are seeing in the in our government today where we have the white nationalists and those are the people you know our president our all his staff yeah jeff sessions you know, all the yeah. things that are going on to to hold back uh people of color immigrants you know we're trying to legislate all these things uh we're able to see it more clearly from in in wakanda because it's a flip, it stands out more, and it you know in this entertaining uh, platform. All right, so let me step back from some of the the, the political, um, so from the from the political uh, ideologies that we could kind of pull from, uh, pull from the plot and how things moved in the movie, and look at what I saw in the audience. 
Uh, and just in the coverage that I've seen and from some of the uh, uh, social media posts that I've witnessed, I love this movie. I love what it's done for um, what it's done for African Americans in terms of even if it's just for the day and how they how we choose to represent ourselves. And by that I mean uh, we know when you we paint with broad strokes, we say in general, you know, um, we spend over a trillion dollars a year, right? Uh, right, right. At, spend over a trillion dollars a year, and we are driving forces for culture and, and clothing and all of these different things. Nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but I didn't see people coming out in their in their nicest Gucci or Louis Vuitton or uh, whatever you know name brand you want to come up with, whatever designer. They were coming out Wakanda style. Okay. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and I thought I thought that was just an affirming uh, response to something that 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 people looked at and said, "This affirms who I am. This this speaks to me um, beyond, uh, even if it's, it's it's a fictitious universe. It's about the possibility." Yeah, I mean, it's a proud Afrocentric view of our society mm-hmm. and what those influences are. So it doesn't just have to be in Wakanda. Right. Uh, I mean. We might look back at the, the 70s or something where, you know, our grandparents or parents were sporting the dashikis more and wearing yeah. the natural. But that's what I thought was great. Yeah. I, I was laughing to myself thinking, you know, there's not a lot of product in this movie. No. <laughs> no. You know, and, and uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more shaved heads for females. I mean, I. Those sisters were bad. I mean, the general. Um, and let me get a, let me see who who uh, Dana Gorira right and from Walking Dead. Hold on, I'm sorry. Wait a minute, that, that's Michonne. That's Michonne. Kid, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I knew something about her. I'm looking like man, she looks familiar. That's Michonne. Oh yeah, she she was phenomenal. She was amazing. Yeah, so uh, so we got to talk more about um, about the women because. There were so many. There was there's so many uh, subtext, so many different conversations uh, and ideas that were being pushed uh, f- for us to, for us to see, and that was one of them. Just women leading and defending. I, I, I was is, I was kind of blown away. It is interesting, and then sort of getting into the philosophical aspect of it. But Wakanda, it's a patriarchal society. You've got a king, but when you look at this movie, it was some of the strongest characters were the female characters. Yeah. And when I mean by strong, it's not just physically, not just emotionally, but they were leading with with uh, their wits. Uh, the, oh, the, uh, I'm sorry. Which one? Black Panther's sister. Oh yeah, from uh, Black Mirror. Right, so, and then it comes I about, oh Shuri, Let's Shuri's see, character, and that yeah, Latisha Wright. Okay, yes. so oh, Latisha Wright, Latisha Wright. Yeah, so she had wit and smarts, and she had a great delivery. But again, her character was brilliant. She's yeah. the one who came up with all the tech, and it wasn't just the Black Panther tech. Mm-hmm. She came up with all the technology for the civilization. Yes, medical technology. So yeah, so yeah. even Orini, when you know, for. For excav- or for digging the vibranium, for transporting it, the ships, his suit, medical, as you said, she did everything. Yeah, it wasn't just you know you have a Tony Stark who's who's limited as a character to just weapons and design. She was doing everything. Yeah, she was Tony Stark's like times ten. And then you have Angela Bassett who was just holding it down as the queen, always, or I'll say the queen mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was amazing. But again, and you had we mentioned before this general who was who was fierce and Lupita is it Nyong'o? Uh, yes. Now she played Nakia, who was Black Panther's love interest and and let's say a spy f- for Wakanda. But she was from a one of the other tribes there. She also was a warrior. She was from the J- uh, Jabari tribe. Okay. Right. Yeah. And. And it, but again, these characters led with action. They were proud. They they all had uh, 
colorful, distinctive costumes, and I mean everything about them stood out. And it was it, so it was really great to see these female characters that taking the lead. And when they had the battle scene, I could say, I mean, I saw Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was fun. Wonder Woman had a good time, but I'm sorry, Wonder Woman. <laughs> You know, the Amazons would have been destroyed yeah. by these Wakanda warriors. Yeah. Flat. Uh, Flat. Yeah. And it, it, it did have some great uh, some great action scenes. Now, again, this 3%, I, the, a lot of the claim, again, the complaints were they weren't fighting enough bad guys. But much of the conflict came between war, warring factions or warring tribes. Mm-hmm. So, so no, they weren't fighting enemies per se, but it was internal struggle. But yes, you've got you've got to see it. The women were just fierce in this movie. And if that became the the fad, um, then there would be a lot of beauty supply houses shut down because, I mean, they they shaving heads. <laughs> the weave is gone. It's gone. Well, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm not making a judgment on it, right? Because um, uh, that, that's your, your women's thing. That's right. I'm going to stay in my lane. But look, if you've seen the movie, um, if you plan on seeing it, and you'd like to give us your take, especially if you've seen it already, give us your take. Give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a moment. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome back to Radio Islam. It is Movie Talk with Bubba and Tariq. This is your host, Tariq el And we're talking about none other than Panther. Before we go back in, I've got to remind you, tonight's show is brought to you by Recycle Recycling Processes. Thank you very much. Recycling Processes. All right. So, um... One of the things that I that I noticed, and you know, as we were talking uh, off air, was that Andy Circus, the uh, the villain Claw, Claw, yes. Um, I, I thought that he was also kind of like the, like I said the the, the canary in the in, in the in, in the mine, uh, kind of representing the danger that could be. Right. Right. He had a piece of uh, Wakandan technology that that sonic arm cannon, whatever it was, he had. And when you put that up against, and, and you saw what he did, you know, the guy was just running around, you know, he's a sociopath, he's a nut, but he was funny too. Yeah, um, he, he's your favorite kind of villain. Yeah, but if you, you look at what he did, and then you put that up against uh, the 
um, the, the the first king's brother, right? His idea of taking the firepower out and distributing it, right. and even with um, Eric Killmonger, Michael Michael B. Jordan's character, that idea. We're gonna go ahead. And we're gonna take these weapons mm-hmm. and we're gonna arm folks. What happened? You know, the possibility of those weapons getting into the wrong hands. Uh, it, we, we, I mean, it's just potentially disastrous. Right. And this guy, Claw, the character Claw, that is, he's he's an opportunist. So he'll take what he's like a mercenary, you know, whatever he can, get the fast cash. That's what he's going to do. So you know that, like you said, this is the type of person that if you had these sort of weapons, this advanced technology, he's that he's the wrong hand it's going to fall in he's the one who's going to distribute it to to beyond the revolutionaries that you want he goes straight to the highest bidder right and in fact that was get one of the plot points who is he going to sell this vibranium to that mm-hmm. that got us into some of the the conflicts but i i just want to say back on to andy circus if you yeah, don't mind go right here. it was great to actually see him as a human, because rarely we don't rarely get we don't get to see that often. So Andy Serkis, you may know from the Lord of the Ring movies, he played Gollum, mm. and he's also in the Planet of the Apes movies as Caesar. So he is a motion capture actor extraordinaire. But now to actually see him using his full voice and and using his body and his facial expressions, it's it's great. And even though he's for the time you see him on screen, yeah. he's he's really powerful. Like he's that sociopath. I'm not gonna compare him to the Joker type of character, hmm. but he's he's one of these upbeat, fun villains to watch. And a lot of that comes with nuance stuff, where whether he's singing a funny song while he's <laughs> being interrogated, to just some of the quips that he makes. But I feel like. And doing motion capture, yeah, because it's so important. You're using your body, but it's just as a mask because they're going to layer it with computer technology to be something else. He has to be really in tune with all his movements, and so now he gets to show himself and be himself. And I think that was, I think he did a really good job. I think so. I mean, he he definitely. Well, first of all, I think everybody, the entire cast, was one that. You almost had to, I mean, each frame, you almost had to decide who you're going to look at. Because uh, if it wasn't one person that was on the screen, it was, I mean, I mean, you're looking between, you know, Michael uh, B. Jordan uh, or Chadwick uh, Boseman, and both of them uh, have a real, you know, they both command, uh, they command the screen. Uh, and, and, I mean, that just goes straight down the line. I think yeah. everybody that we saw, including Andy Serkis, um, which I mean, the guy was, the guy was a nut. Um, his uh, SoundCloud references. Yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was singing some of the songs that he threw out there. Uh, that, that was pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, and you know what I also found? I found it, uh, I was surprised that there were a few moments, there were a few scenes where I thought that what I looked at as main characters that I had seen from the trailers, the uh, general right. included, were about to be taken out the movie early. That one, um, the, the car chase, when oh. she ends up in the air, I'm not gonna say too much about it, right? But yeah, they, everyone was, yeah, they put characters in peril very quickly. I think that's a good way to say it without yeah, spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah, so it takes a filmmaker to say it that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I was I was like, wow, is this about to happen? But it, it didn't, so. But, and then it just, just, as we, you know, we kind of just go all over the place yeah. in this show. I just wanted to throw out a couple other names that we don't forget just because they did such a great job. Now, Sterling K. Brown, a lot of you know him My from man. Uh, this, this Is, is us. us. Yes. He he played our villain's father, mm-hmm. but again, he he brought some warmth and and compassion to his character. So because of that, you cared about what would happen to him right and if he what was going in the perils he was going to face in turn when the sins of this father are are forced upon the son you care much more because you care about the father right this wasn't someone who was evil and also for a film debut 
the actor Winston Duke. Uh, he played Mbaku. the king of the Jabari. Yeah. So uh, and it, one of the things about him, it was it's been great watching him do all the press junkets for this mm-hmm. because he's like everybody else. So he's seems to thoroughly enjoy the movie and enjoy this opportunity to be a part of this because this is a cultural milestone for people. It is. And he's so happy, jovial, lighthearted in the in the interviews, but when you see him on screen, he he is this intimidating hulking brute who challenges the king and he's that foil to T'Challa. Mm-hmm. And so again, he really brought life to these characters. A lot of personality. Three, not only were the characters three dimensional, this society was. You've got a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different views playing off of each other. Yeah, you're looking at traditionalism, which which he represented, his tribe, um, the the old customs, the old way of doing things that he felt was being uh, disregarded, uh, and uh, and and modernity. You know, moving forward. Uh, which was uh, represented by, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, what he had had inherited. Um, And I'll say this, just kind of jumping back to uh, Winston Duke's character. When he came in, and this is not giving away anything, but you will notice it. You will remember this scene because I talked to folks afterward with all of the, I'm not going to embarrass myself by doing it, but it almost like a pack of wild Dogs, um, is is that what is that what you got when you heard it? Well, I mean, what I was thinking of? I was thinking more of. Again, I don't want to sound derogatory, but like gorillas. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 even better. That's even better. Uh, but that's but I think that's what the character was supposed to be. I, yeah, the the mask. So uh, so so, I really, well, 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 when they came in, all the characters like their their big entrances, they really were impactful. They said a lot about the culture, and and I'm not talking to, talking about real culture, but their fantasy culture, right? So, which just leads you into what you're saying about someone who's a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. They'll come in with this sort of ceremony, whereas at the same ceremony, you'll have uh, Shuri, who is T'Challa's sister, who mm-hmm. bucks all tradition. She'll dance yeah. around, act very silly, just tongue in cheek with everything that's going on. Right. So you able you're able to have these levels of of um, of culture and cultural representation on on the film in the frame without having to spell too much out because you could just see it from the character's behavior. So. Right. And you know what else I also appreciated, even though this is a uh, fictitious. Uh, place and the people uh, they used the representations that they used that were what were real people um, it were real cultures like the uh, the, the, the mercy um, uh, tribe uh, people in uh, Ethiopia the women there they put the, the plates in their lips uh, now there was a there was a man uh, that was in there and I don't know if he's in the I'm sure he's in the credits I, I just didn't see him but he had that same thing, and the brother had on a lime green suit, right? Like a, a old school player suit. Oh yes, you know that was um, I his name was Isaac de Bancole. Okay, but yeah, he was the River Tribe. Okay, so I think he played um, he played Lupita Inango. Oh gosh, Inango. Younger, I am totally butchering her name, but he, I think she, he played her father. But he's a character you've seen in all the trailers, so we're not throwing, we're not, right. we're not spoiling anything by giving you that. But yes, like those characters, the the cultures were definitely influenced by different African regions, the colors, the landscape. So that's why I would also want to throw out the name of Rachel Morrison, who is the director of photography. Okay. Now she's actually an Academy nominated. Uh, DP, director of photography, the first female. And that was for the movie uh, Mudbound. Oh, really? That's yeah. what you can see on Netflix. But so, but what she did is she really used, she used that colorscape to present this vivacious world in Wakanda versus when they're outside of that. And if you have dream sequences that also have a different sort of hue to it. So they, 
they took a lot of care in trying to develop this sense, the scene, the senses to bring you into it. And again, that helps you get into their world, get into the character without relying so much on CGI or having to tell people what's going on. Right. With the sensory, with the color palette, you can really feel it. Mm. You know, that that is interesting that you mentioned that because now as I replay it, I'm seeing these differences between uh, the scenes for Wakanda or when they're in uh, South Korea, uh, there's, or even in, uh, were they in Oakland? Oakland. Or, uh, there's there's a there's a, a big difference. It almost there's almost like this feeling that even with all the technological advancements, the high rises they have, that there's still something really natural um, and kind of a uh, kind of a softness um, that, that's associated with those scenes uh, in Wakanda. Yeah, and that's that's really important to be able to just have your have as an audience get in there, be comfortable with what you're seeing, and then just letting that story kind of rush over you. Yeah. Okay. I just I just uh, received a uh, a message uh, saying spoiler spo- spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we've really tipped anything at this point, but um, so we're making a lot of people angry. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's still worth seeing. It is still worth. As a matter of fact, um, I'm taking my daughters to go see it uh, Monday. So uh, I went sort of uh, solo with some uh, friends last night. But I'm going to take them to see it Monday, and I'm just hoping that they can appreciate it. And it and it is really tough to talk about these things without doing a little spoiling, because the idea is you're talking about how these characters are presented. So just going back to why is this a cultural phenomenon? Yes, yes. Why is it so important right now? Mm-hmm. Between the attacks on black culture that you're having from our administration, which basically cues the rest of the world on how to look at people of color, look at outsiders, to say they are l- less than human because they don't count as much. Now you flip it with a world of people from these S-hole countries, as our president would call it, right. that are so advanced. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it isn't just a fluke how they carry themselves. They are proud in every way, dress, how they carry themselves, how they communicate with each other, what they know, but they don't have to prove anything because they've already proved it. And even the portrayal of the characters that are in the United States, so if you have gangbangers or, or thieves, even if they are the quote-unquote bad guys, they still had a sense of pride to them. Mm-hmm. And so across the board, that 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 sense of inferiority was ripped out of there. So you, as a person of color, as a black person, it is important to be able to see yourself, to be able to imagine yourself as someone who is not just beyond worthy, it's just that this is normal. I can be a queen. I can be a king. I am a warrior. That's That doesn't have to be... I'm a technological uh, genius. Yes, it doesn't have to be uh, something that you can't even conceive of. Mm-hmm. And what I love about these characters is they are beyond just being an anomaly. It's not the one person who has powers to be smart. It's, oh, well, I'm brilliant. I should be brilliant. What do you expect? Because I am me. I am me. I'm a woman. I am black. I am beautiful. I should be brilliant. Why else? There, there's nothing to think about. And and that's, I think, what a lot of these characters had. They were proud people that you did not have to qualify that they were black or they're from here or from there. They are just proud, smart warrior warriors. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're fighting for themselves and they're fighting for right and justice. I'm going to I'm going to go off uh, on uh, maybe go off on a bit of a um, a tangent um, and say that for those people who because you know the, the Black Panther did get some bad press from uh, from some folks who say that there were there were too many black people in the movie. I mean, they literally said that there were too many black people in the movie. Um, and the only as a, as a student of history, the only thing that I think about was the anti. Um, loitering laws, okay. uh, uh, the, the laws of where, where you could not assemble um, for fear of physical reprisal or imprisonment or, or death, that this, for that person, 
this type of a movie or even the, the suggestion of this as a reality is their absolute worst nightmare. Uh, and even we're talking about the villains, and I, w I won't even call them villains. I'll say that they had a policy dispute. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to follow. Uh, they didn't want to follow what the administration had set out. Right? They had went off on their own. Uh, speaking about Sterling uh, K. Brown, his character. Right. Um, yes. But think about the the implications, the suggestions, historically, as a a possibility where you had uh, a million enslaved people in a country. And then all of a sudden, in rides the cavalry <laughs> to say, mm -hmm. it's not going down. It's not going to happen. These are the kind of, these are the kind of thoughts that, uh, or fears, I think, that are present with people. When they say things like, there's too, many, there's too many black folks in that movie. There's too many of you all together at one time. Um, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll close this by saying that I don't think it's just that black people, African Americans, are ready for affirming and inspiring uh, movies like this. I think America is. I think a large section of America that is only used to the the one month of celebration or the kind of the downtrodden, they are ready for a different uh, expression, a different story with with possibilities. Yes, I mean this. It's nice again to have, and I hate to say it this way, but for us taking care of ourselves. Yeah. You know, Sandra Bullock. Wonderful actress, but you know, I don't need another blind side. I don't need the white angel coming through mm -hmm. to save the impoverished black person. Right. I don't find that entertaining. Mm. It, <laughs> I don't need to pay $12 for a ticket and $20 for a $5 soda and then the rest of popcorn to see a little white lady save a big black man. That's, I don't need to see that. It's not. It just isn't anything I want. Uh, these are the type of movies I want to see. I want to see people who, again, are proud, taking care of themselves. They they are a thriving society and then teaching lessons to other people. It's funny because these people don't even think about, let's say you're in the 70s and you're watching Star Wars. They aren't running around saying, oh, you know, there are too many white people. I'm trying to think of what black person did I see in Star Wars. Aside from Billy D. No, no, I'm talking about Star Wars. Not oh, the original. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, the original. Like a Star Wars. No. Nobody. No. no. Tell me in that century, no black people. Yeah. So now, but in the flip side, there are too many black people in this movie. But come on. I mean, that's, there's just so much hypocrisy in that. Yeah, absolutely. But all that being said, um, as we take these last few minutes to, to close out tonight's discussion on Black Panther, uh, I walked away from the movie ready to go see it again. Uh, it's definitely going to make its way into my, my library uh, once it's available. And there will be no, uh, there will be no bootlegging. <laughs> I'm going to, you're going to, I'm going to do it right. You will see it. You will pay the ticket. No torrents. No. No. No torrents. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be up above board with this one. And what I hope is that because, and I said this earlier, um, I mentioned that. Well, I mean not on air, but uh, that we're barely we're just scratching the surface, uh, and that there's a there's a lot more work uh, to be done. Uh, this should be a part of the the regular offering uh, at the movies. Uh, these types of movies, these types of uh, uh, of cast, and we're not gonna we're not gonna kick Tyler Perry, right? I'm because I, I like some of his movies, but well, I won't today. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Bubba is, does not is not a fan. Um, but we want to see a continued uh, movement forward, and but this is a great place to start. So right now, I'm going to appreciate this. Uh, I highly recommend. Uh, we got to get us a system. We don't have a thumbs up or a thumbs down when we actually do, you know, a high five, a bean pie, but something, <laughs> right? <laughs> two, we give this movie. It's like two, a full pie yeah, or four slices. A, what? Yeah, we give this movie a full pie, a full <laughs> bean pie, uh, <laughs> right? So that's the equivalent of your four stars. So we're going to give this a full bean pie. And um, yeah, get out and, get out and see and, it. And I just want to add one more yeah, thing go right just ahead. about the importance of this. And some, I think some people are trying to diminish it a little bit by throwing out oh yeah they've had other black superheroes you've had blade you've had spawn and meteor man and, and, and it's, 
I'm sorry. Excuse me. It, but it, and not that those weren't good movies or entertaining movies, but what's important about this movie mm-hmm. is just on the on that grand scale, it is a black led a, a black superhero with a majority predominantly black cast, right. black director who also wrote it, you know, or or helped or was a co-writer of it. Right. You you have a female cinematographer, you know, director of photography, but that's important because of the fiscal investment made in this movie that says a lot it, and yes we you can do an independent type of movie that's a little smaller budget like a meteor man or blank man but no this was huge it's making it's going to set records yep it first day out we're at 100 i know we were at 160 million because that was pre-sales so it says a lot that the audience is out there. People want it. They want to see it. And so I think that's great in validating these type of projects. So the next major movie that has a predominantly black cast, it doesn't have to be a superhero movie. It doesn't have to be a horror movie. It can be a drama. It can be a comedy. It can be it can be anything. Yeah. But it's important to know that the audience is out there. And as many black people who are out there who paid to see this movie, there are also some white people that paid to see that movie I, too. I, so that lets you know in the theater with me. Right. So I'm just telling you, this is not an anomaly. Mm-hmm. This is where we're going as a society, which is a good thing. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you got our recommendation. It's full bean pie. Check it out for yourself. Let us know what you think about it. Um, yeah, let us know. Uh, tweet us. Hit us on uh, on Facebook, or you can even give us a call, even if that's not what we're talking about, just to let us know what you thought. So, Radio Slam family, it has been a pleasure. Uh, we look forward to uh, everybody having a great and productive and safe weekend. And God willing, inshallah, uh, we will be speaking to you Monday. Uh, and let's think, are there any upcoming, I guess we can go ahead and mention um, the upcoming Sound Vision, uh, our fundraiser, March 17th. And what's the date on that? I mean, what's the uh, the venue? yeah the venue? Lezette and Streamwood. Streamwood. Uh, but you can go to soundvision. Uh, go to our yeah go to our website soundvision.com and get all the info right there. So we want to go ahead and thank our uh, engineer over at WCV Leonard. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great weekend and go see Black Panther. I uh, want to thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig, uh, my co-host, Bubba Murray. It will kind of forever. <laughs> uh, I'm your host and producer as well. Well, we're co-producing here. Um, Tariq el uh, our executive producer, is Abdul Malik Mujahid. The views expressed by the host, uh, co-host, uh, anybody else, are theirs and not to be taken as representative of Sound Vision, Inc. So this is the time we leave and we're going to leave you as we've greeted you assalamu alaikum may the peace that only god can give be upon you